Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. All right, fuck it. Let's hear it. Yeah, because it's there's there's a bunch of like major metropolitan urban centers in New Jersey. Like wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. I've been skimming the Bloodhaven uh, DC fandom wiki, and I just saw the term Gaza Strip. I gotta hone in on this. Oh Jesus Christ! One year, the quarantine structure known as the Wall had become a permanent structure, and displaced citizens comparing the immediate area to the Gaza Strip. What? What? Oh, it's during the Infinite Crisis. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Of course. Oh, this is so fucking stupid. Holy yeah, it's shit! Super dumb. I need a map of fucking New Jersey, though. Seriously. <laughs> honestly, dude, what I'm more mad about than Gotham being in New Jersey is Metropolis being in like fucking Virginia. Uh, Metropolis uh, is in Metropolis. Virginia. Metropolis is south of Gotham. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Hold on, I might be fucking this up super hard. I thought. I thought sure Metropolis. Metropolis is, like, way south I thought Gotham. Metropolis was out in like Ohio or like. No, Indiana or city. Illinois. What, what about that central city? Yeah. Oh, that's where fucking uh, the Flash lives, right? In Green Arrow. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Even worse, Metropolis is in Delaware. Delaware? <laughs> Which, yeah, just across the bay from Gotham. Across the bay from Gotham. It's across the bay from Gotham. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they're the, the, the fucking twin cities of Delaware and Southern Jersey. Disgusting. I hate this, oh, man. man. Yeah, okay, yeah, they're, so they're, they're on opposite sides of... Uh, oh, no, this is a fan map. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, that isn't the, canon. The, the fact that they are just across the bay from each other is canon, but... Uh, depicted as being within driving distance. That doesn't explain anything. I'm not clicking on anything from Quora. All right, the Hollywood reporter. Uh, I mean, the guy I'm talking about is from New England. He's from so. New... Oh, dude, I saw this fucking map of gun violence, and the way it, like, lumped parts of the country together was whack as hell, and it did lump us in with New England... So I guess what the that fuck? that so would be they're, they're that, sticking that, us with Baltimore. What the fuck? Th- that would be a segue here. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, there's not enough people left in Detroit to get shot. Just kidding. Gun violence is still a huge problem. Yeah, stop shooting each other in Greek Town, please. I like I'm Greek Town. I'm gonna insert. A Come on, at Greek Town. After I said that. 
Oh, I can't spell. That's the problem. Oh, uh, you know, our our intro. Shout out to our boy Cal Scrooby for coming through to the shelter and playing a really great show. It was yeah, very, very saw, good. You went and saw the Cal Scrooby? Oh, yes. He did a phenomenal job. His concert was amazing. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I, and I got to yell in public uh, with 400 other adults. Uh, got a half tank, got my ass ate. And... Uh, don't stick your oh, fingers yeah. in my ass, ass bitch, you got acrylics. <laughs> Beautiful. That's a classy bitch. It's uh, a classy bitch. Yeah, classy you'll see bitch. here that uh, <laughs> Wisconsin, most of Minnesota, and like a I don't sliver... I lumped in with Minnesota. <laughs> a sliver of what looks like North and South Dakota... Uh, plus Michigan, and then all of, like, New England, Sands, like, Jersey, <laughs> Delaware, <laughs> which feels right to me. Yeah, that feels right. Feels and they call it, they good. call it Yankee Dumb. Yankee the fuck? Dumb. Which is our, fair. Our, our main city is a French word, and all it the other cities... Our Native American words. Yeah, but we were also heavily uh, settled by, like, mariners and, like, the original actual Yankees. Yeah, so there's a heavy them. influence. That's that's why uh, a fuck lot of them. the... They got taken over by the Polish, so... The upper Midwest is actually experiencing a linguistic phenomenon and has been over the oh, course yeah? of a few decades now called yeah. Nor Northern yeah. Vowel Shift, yeah. where, Northern, Northern vowel shift? where we've vowel been shift? shortening yeah. our vowels... And they begin to sound more like East Coast and like New England vowels. Right? Uh, I was at the Meyer the other day. In... Exactly. Were you at the Little Meyer or the Big Meyer? I went to the Big Meyer. But anyway, I was there and I was getting myself some cad. And uh, and I was going to go home and fry it up. But then I, I saw fucking our governor, Gretchen Whitmer, right? And I was so she taken aback accent. Oh by her god, beauty. Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stretching Gretchen. Talking about stretching I was Gretchen. trying if I was, to. If I was, I was some trying. sort of weird Michigan-based eugenicist, I would be like, we need to put Gretchen Whitmer in a joy division. Like, she, we need to make sure we preserve that accent for future generations. It is the most perfect Michigan accent you'll ever hear. Anyway. Let's segue to the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got a show. Yeah, six yeah, we do. Uh, six minutes is more than enough for me to cut like five minutes off of that. So, uh, yeah. Colin didn't AI even say any hello. racial slurs this time. I didn't try. Uh, now we gotta cut that. Uh, hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again. The worst in the industry. The show where we three uh, Yankeedom residents. Uh, attempt to continue to manipulate maps of America into stranger and stranger shapes to bring manipulated information to your ears and also tell you that it's manipulated because we try to be fair and balanced. This is getting too long. I'm Justin St. Peter and to my left I am Colin Ali Stanley, Janissary of the Midwestern Caliphate. To my left uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm too Polish and misread the whole Yankee Doodle Dandy song, and I accidentally sounded myself with a feather. Um, anyway. <laughs> we're, we're the two kinds of Polish. You're either a neo-Sarmatianist, or you're sounding yourself with a feather. Yeah, it happens. 
Um, so, welcome everybody to today's episode of Worst in the Industry. In this episode, we'll be delving into the life and times of Timothy Dexter, a fascinating figure from early American history. Dexter was a very odd man who rose from humble beginnings to become a wealthy merchant, investor, and even an author. But his success was often accompanied by controversy and eccentricity, making him one of the most intriguing and entertaining characters of his time. Join us as we explore the life and legacy of Timothy Dexter and uncover the truth behind some of his most outrageous exploits. Now, gentlemen, do you two believe in fate? No. Mm, At, well, actually, yes. well, actually, technically, I do. No, I have to con- I have to contradict Colin then, so no. It's it's uh, it's in in a way, yes, but it, there's like uh like, you know, I believe that you're stuck in a sort of space-time loop uh forever. Uh but hopefully one day there's like a way out. I think there might be a way out. I just I don't know, man. Yeah. It's kind of tough. Well, I Wanna hit tr- this. I, I <laughs> truly believe that Timothy Dexter his fate was to become incredibly rich by being the dumbest person of all time. Go on. And fate, in the words of Lemony Snicket, fate is like a strange, unpopular restaurant filled with odd little waiters who brings you things you never asked for and don't always like. Now... Unfortunately, not much is known about Timothy Dexter's early life, but he was born January 22nd, 1747, in Malden, Massachusetts. According to his autobiography, he had very little formal education and learned from his own experiences in life. Dexter's first wife, Elizabeth Frothingham, was 20 years his singer... Sing... Uh... uh, uh, Do that one over. Dexter's first wife, Elizabeth Frothingham, was 20 years his senior and reportedly had a difficult personality. But she was also quite rich, so he was able to look past that. According to Dexter's own accounts, he did not get along well with Elizabeth and often wrote letters to her that were filled with insults and criticisms. Despite this, the couple remained married for over 30 years until Elizabeth's death in 1792. So... He looked around at the other wealthy husbands of the upper crust and decided, hey, they all have positions of political power, so I deserve one too. So he started writing petitions to the local government, and after dozens upon dozens, they finally said, fuck it, and made up something for him. He was appointed the informer of deer and kept track... And kept track of the local deer population, which were causing damage to crops and property. He was also responsible for <laughs> tracking down, reporting these deer to the authorities, and issued bounties for their removal. According to his own autobiography, he was incredibly successful and captured thousands of deer and making a lot of money in the process. So I I was going to ask if they had made this guy the first drain commissioner, and it's, it's worse than that. Yeah, He's, yeah, he was the first. A dog train catcher, commissioner yeah. is useful. Hey, deer tallier, mm-hmm. go you know, tally you, some you deer. Know, you know who's a better deer tallier? Uh, a sixteen-year-old with a rifle. <laughs> Sorry, just I, I mean nowadays I I would disagree and say that like that's super irresponsible. But back then, the seventeen hundreds, sent just send you out your your boys. Send the lad yep. out with the rifle. Send the posse out. Yep. Z- send out send out the boy. Tell him, hey boy. 
I'll get you a nice tin of chewing to I'll get you a nice tin of snooze. If you come back round supper time with uh, a deer around your shoulders. Yeah. And if you don't come back with deer around your shoulders, don't come back at all. Because then I'm going to go out into the woods. I'm going to find you. I'm going to club you to death with my rifle. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the people who ran the local government in Malden, Massachusetts at the time, you know, really wanted anybody with, you know, no formal education at all. And they just got annoyed and were like, fuck it, just give him something. I don't I don't care. I'm just tired of getting letters from this guy. It's kind of in the American spirit. It's the land of opportunity. Aren't we a meritocracy after all? So it really does it showed like the long tradition of people annoying their way into employment yeah like laura loomer yep <laughs> or lauren brobert Shapiro. brobert sorry nikki haley marjorie taylor green ben shapiro i already said ben shapiro abby shapiro <laughs> abby shapiro is actually talented okay don't say that about her she is she sure is. Ben, I'm still waiting for that response on that fucking boxing Benny. match, buddy. Benny Shaps. Anyway, do you guys know about the uh, uh, the continental currency? No, oh, it was like uh, the pre-the-dollar. Pre-the-dollar, that's what they used to pay the like Revolutionary War troops with. Yeah, people yeah. are super pissed about it. Yeah, so the, yeah. So Caused during the, the rebellion, American, I believe. Yep, during the American Revolution. Revolution, Continental Congress issued paper money known as Continental Currency to finance the war effort. However, due to inflation and the lack of backing by gold and silver, Continental Currency rapidly lost its value and became nearly worthless when the United States gained its independence. So, in 1780, Dexter decided to take advantage of this situation. He used his own money to purchase a large amount of Continental Currency at an incredibly low price, and then shipped it to the West Indies, where it was accepted as legal tender. Dexter was able to exchange the worthless paper, paper currency for valuable goods such as rum, molasses, and other things, and then he sold those back in the United States for a profit. But this did not stop him from buying more and more continental dollars for fractions of cents apiece. Like, dude was buying fucking Homie boxes Homie speculating, of this shit. I love this. Yep. It's, yeah, he's really like... Like He's he he way. spent all of his savings and all of his money on fucking worthless continental dollars. In seventeen, you know when they revalue the Iraqi dinar, or dinar, yep, <laughs> which they're going to do uh, right now, actually, according to Twitter. To reissue um, currency. Yeah, they'll they'll reissue currency. Re um, so, currency. the U.S. government in seventeen eighty one decided all right so we paid all of our troops we should at least you know do some sort of buyback so they bought back the continental dollars at one percent of its face value for treasury bonds yeah they're like i i love this this is like for me <laughs> for like libertarians i guess this is like the original sin of the federal government right yeah is 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 this is is how they handle um, you know, this situation. Uh, yeah, because slavery. No, because libertarians are cool with that. Uh, but, like, for me, this is so funny that they're just, like... it's It just shows this is, like, the truest example of how the government acts, like, when they're really down and out and the chips are well, down. Because they were like, okay, so we're going to pay you this amount for fighting in this war, and then 
five years later, they're like, oh, actually, we're only valuing those dollars at 1% of the face value. Yeah, of what we said, yeah, they were going to be worth. Yeah. So you're getting literally 1% of, you're getting 99% less. So, so Dexter had a fucking stockpile of these goddamn things, and he got so fucking rich from it. Like, there's, there's no dollar amount, but dude got enough money to fuck around for the rest of his life. And we'll get into it, and I'll, I'll, you'll understand how much fucking money he had to just throw around. So, Dexter bought multiple houses in uh, Newburyport, Massachusetts. Ooh, Newburyport! Yep, I believe he owned uh, 12, like, mansions in Newburyport, and he also bought thousands upon thousands of acres in, uh, like, Maine and Vermont and New Hampshire. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, Tyler, Hmm. I believe that this guy at least partially inspired a Lovecraft character. He might have. So, so the house that he lived... Are you fucking kidding? Okay, sorry, go ahead. The house that he lived in in Newburysport, Massachusetts was a very, very swanky mansion. And he would throw pretty much every day just, like, ball-out banger parties. Oh, he was Gatsbyan? He was known to regularly go outside and pretend to shoot a cannonball through the house. Oh, that's sick as fuck. He would release live animals on the party just for shits and giggles. He had a black bear that was trained to follow him around like a dog. For a dinner party, he decorated his dining table with two stuffed alligators. These parties were the first Project X-style parties and were well-renowned and reported in the newspapers across the country. So he was the first party animal. He was the first American party animal. Yeah. That's sick. That's pretty let sick. Me, uh, let I me love this guy. Send you, send you a, a drawing of, uh, of, of his house. Andrew Jackson, also a huge party animal. I believe yeah, that I, I believe also, that his sort of a monster. I believe that this house is still standing. Dog. Justin, you're just upset you never got to go to the cheese party. Also manifest destiny. And you see all the you see all the the the, the, the people the people standing <laughs> out, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so, the people on the plinths. Yeah, There's those. So many people on plinths. Those are all statues. Okay, well at least they're not. Are real they painted people? and clothed? Yes, so That's he sick. commissioned he commissioned over 40 statues of prominent Americans, including himself. What a prick. And the statue depicted him holding a book in one hand and a walking stick in the other, and the inscription read, I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, holy shit. I'm sorry. I, I love this guy. I love I this, guy this guy so much. I hate this I guy so much. I want to build a house... With a series of statues outside on plinths, and yep. every statue says how big my dick is. Yep. <laughs> so, another another famous statue that Dexter commissioned was a statue of George Washington, which he had made in England and shipped to his house. However, the statue arrived with an error. Washington was depicted holding a sword in his left hand instead of his right. Rather than being upset... Dexter embraced the mistake and declared that he had purposely commissioned the statue to be that way, claiming that it represented Washington's willingness to change hands in battle. The statue became a famous feature of Dexter's house and was even visited by President John Adams during a trip to Newburyport. (laughs) 
as okay, I, I, I just want to say, I just want to say, to 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 be like, it was it was a reference to Washington's willingness Washington, to change Washington. hands in battle. Uh, the motherfucker who was so obstinate and stubborn and stupid, he literally caused the French and Indian War. So yeah. I, I, that's all I have to say about a guy who was willing to change hands in battle. Yeah. But you gotta, like, you gotta yeah, keep yeah. in mind, this is when he was still president, so this is early. Whatever. But I just like the idea of John Adams going back to uh, Washington, just being like, dude, this statue looks like shit. Yeah. Like, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you're right handed, right? Do you wanna hear a quote from John Adams about Timothy Dexter? Yes! Yeah, John Adams, like, this statue looks like shit. Quote. The man was a curious mixture of wit, shrewdness, folly, and generosity. His penetration was almost intuitive, but his reasoning powers were very limited. Oh, he's stupid. So, now, his, like, he was filthy fucking rich, and he was in the upper crust before, but now he's in, like, the 1%. Oh, yeah, this dude is, like, Warren Buffett- of the day type yeah. money. So people just like his his friends started fucking with him to try to get him to lose all of his money. Have As you guys ever have you guys ever heard of warming pans? A warming pan? Yeah. Like for serving food? No, no, no. It's like it looks like a, almost like a frying pan on like a big long like stick. Yeah. Oh, for, you, for you, a bed. And you put it in your bed to warm it up before you yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. There's one yeah. in Pirates of the Caribbean, Black Curse the yeah. Black Pearl. So some of his friends uh, told him to send some over to the islands in the Caribbean. What a prick. And, and, and we can, you know, obviously they don't need them there. It's, it's kind of warm down there. It's hot yeah. at night. So he sent over 40,000 warming pans there. Now, most people would have absolutely lost their ass on it. But when oh they God. arrived, molasses workers realized they were perfect for stirring the large vats of molasses. Oh, my God. He sold all of them and made an 80% profit. Jesus, fuck. This guy. I love him. Timothy I Dexter. Really him. You know what? Innovation right there. Yeah. Timothy Dexter was next told uh he was told next that the town of newcastle desperately needed coal which the funny thing is is this was obviously a dig at him to get him to lose money again because newcastle was home of one if not the largest coal mines in the country <clears throat> regardless dexter imported a fuck ton of coal from nova scotia and sent it to newport but by some divine providence, it happened to get there at the exact same time that the coal miners were on strike. <laughs> and he made an absolute killing on it. This motherfucker. This guy this accidentally... I've heard of this motherfucker this guy, before. This guy's like a fucking capitalist sorcerer. It's, I feel like this guy's come up before. He's on he's Mister he's Mister Magooing himself into just becoming rich. It's it's incredible. He's the Forrest Gump of the seventeen and eighteen hundreds. This mm -hmm. guy makes money the way I want to make money. Accidentally. Yeah. Yeah, and this this action cemented him into being a 
a coal distributor for Newcastle. And to make his coal even more attractive to buyers, Dexter added a variety of unusual incentives. For example, he included a pair of silk stockings with every ton of coal sold. And he also offered a what? free gift of codfish to anyone who bought 10 tons or more. What? How? In addition, in addition, he sent out letters to potential customers that contained nonsensical and confusing instructions, which he claimed were secret codes that would help them understand the market better. Look, this guy's also Matthew Lesko. Okay. Wait, I don't know. Is he Matthew Lesko or is because he's given that? I think this guy is like. He's just believing his own bullshit. I think he's like, and this is how you corner the market on molasses. No, I think he's trying to get people confused and distracted so they don't actually, you know, catch on to all the bullshit he's doing. But Matthew Lesko gets you free money from the government. Pass those savings on to you. Pass those savings on to you. You so, can never trust a man in a Batman villain suit. No, you can't. So then he he got another idea of what he could do in the in the Caribbean. No hero loves punctuation that much. Oh, we'll get to we'll get to punctuation. Don't worry. Um, no, no, we'll get. Trust me, we'll round back to to punctuation. Sipping no, I don't my, mean you. I mean him. Sipping my detective glass of whiskey. Anyway, sorry, Tyler. Please. So continue. he rounded up a bunch of stray cats. He had no idea what for. He just rounded up a bunch of stray cats, and he was just like, fuck it, send them to the Caribbean, um, where they were bought and used to help cull the massive rat infestations. Okay, but he had to have known about that. No, yeah, he like just we, like, he just knew. he just rounded up a bunch of stray cats and sent them down there and was like, fuck it, they'll do something with them. Who was his agent down there? Nobody! Nobody! He just sent shit down there and was like, eh, it'll sell. There has to be some guy on his behalf who's just, like, sweating on these deals. And you know what? You you know what? He sent me what? You know what he was doing? In the the fucking, in the heat, in the night? God damn. They got these fucking molasses jerk-offs. Hey, fellas! You want to stir those giant vats? (laughs) Look at this giant ladle fucking thing. Shit. This is perfect. Perfect for staring. And it's metal. You can heat it up. Get off me, you candy-ass bitch. So, also, he had a habit of buying damn near every whalebone he could find. Just, he was like, there's no use for him now, but I'll find a use for him eventually. And then all... Do you think that was it, or do you think he just really liked whalebones? No, he literally was just like, there's no use for them right now, but eventually there will be. <laughs> wow, my God. this guy, this guy literally is exactly who everybody in every speculation market wishes they were. Yeah, and then guess what? All of a sudden, fucking men in France started wearing corsets. Oh my God, I fucking hate this guy. Yeah, and then corsets came back in style, so he sold all the whale bones. I can't. I cannot. Uh, yeah. 
So, I love this guy. Timothy Dexter also once gave a public reading of the Declaration of Independence, during which he insisted that he was the true author of the document. <laughs> love that for him. When I, someone I in find the... it hard to believe this man can read. We'll get to his... We'll, we'll, we'll be able to... I'm going to send you guys some of his writing. So, when someone in the audience challenged him, suggesting that, no, actually, Thomas Jefferson writ wrote it. Dexter reportedly became furious and insisted that Jefferson was nothing more than a copyist who had simply transcribed the words that Dexter had dictated to him, and Dexter then shot, shot at him multiple times with a pistol. I love it, and I agree. You know what? I agree. I'm on Dexter's side. I agree. That's exactly what happened. Well, I also, I just, like, several times with a pistol. Oh, okay, so, like, that took a minute. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like a flintlock pistol. So so he's like, yeah, it took five minutes to, sh to shoot at fucking Thomas Jefferson because he plagiarized No, not shooting work. at Thomas Jefferson at his audience member. Shooting at a guy who suggested that Thomas Jefferson actually wrote it. Oh, so he actually shot at the guy several times. Yeah, not at yeah, Thomas yeah. Jefferson. No, he shot at the, he <laughs> shot at this guy multiple times. That's so much funnier that he actually fucking did it. So Dexter was he was not a fan of his own family. Uh, I can the new, I can commiserate with that. The New England Historical Society referred to his son and his daughter as a half mad drunk and a completely mad drunk. Uh, and he also said that he didn't have a wife and that it was, quote, a ghost at his house. Cool. Yep. He also faked his own death once to see who would come to his funeral. This guy's sick. I love him. He hired uh, crisis actor fake mourners, uh, but regardless <laughs> of that, uh, about 3,000 people showed up. His gravestone said, I am perished. Reportedly, when he saw his wife not crying, he came out and started hitting her with a cane. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a piece of shit. Yeah. So, then he decided, as all great men do, I need to pen an autobiography. Now, boys, I'm going to send you a link to his autobiography. And just kind of scroll scroll down past the preface and tell me if you notice something. Oh, God. I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, A Pickle for the Knowing Ones is an incredible name. There's it is. A lot of, there's a he lot also of, uh, claims to be there's, a lord. There's no punctuation in it. None. Oh, my God. Zero. Did you, did you see where he claimed to be a lord? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is yeah. here reprinted verbatim et spellatum from the original edition. And also, in Malden, January also he mis he misspelled Jesus. He said Christ O O Jesus G J E A S E S. But the guy is it's, clearly illiterate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This this he, this guy was clearly the same type of illiterate that uh, Joseph Smith was. Yeah. Fun barely. Rejoicing is. R-E-J-O-I-S-N-G. To pepper and salt it as they oh, please. Oh, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. So oh. you see that? You see that last part? 
You see that last part where it's all the punctuation? Like, it's all the, the ands and commas and semicolons and shit? Oh, yeah, I forgot. He put it in at the end and then told he put to it. He put it, it. he put it in at the end, and he said, Fowder Mr. Printer, the knowing ones, complain of my book, the first edition, had no stops, and I put enough here that they may pepper insult it as they please. That's hilarious. Just throw a few of these in there, buddy. Yep. I feel like I remember this from high school now. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna add a couple more quotes uh, f- here from from other prominent figures in history. Quote: A strange compound of ignorance, knowledge, wit, folly, generosity, and selfishness. Thomas Jefferson. He was a genius of oddity, and we are not likely to see. Uh, see his like again Henry Longfellow one of the most eccentric if not the most eccentric personages ever born in the country Harriet Beecher Stowe Dexter went on to die in 1806 cementing himself in my opinion as the luckiest and most interesting American to ever exist luckiest yes like, maybe right behind that guy who got struck by lightning twice and came out with, like, bruises. Yeah. What about like, Lou Gehrig? I mean, he... He was pretty definitely, lucky to have definitely. that disease named after D.B. Cooper. D.B. Mm. I don't think D.B. Cooper was real. You, you think it was See, the flight crew? At this point, I think it was the flight crew. Yeah. D.B. Yeah. Cooper, Cooper did one thing. This guy has a litany Directed of shit that just, that just went through just perfect. Like, his whole life, R.N. Jesus was like, this guy. This guy this gets is, everything. This is what white privilege can do for Like, that. this is like, <laughs> honestly, that's what I was thinking. He's like, you know, when somebody's like, what is white privilege? I don't have it. It's like basically it's the idea that yeah you could just get like a series of like really great lucky days and your life could turn around entirely without you really having to work that hard yeah you can go from the informer of deer to having thomas jefferson talk about you and say that you're fucking insane but pretty funny like this is literally like thomas jefferson is joe rogan and Timothy Dexter is Alex Jones, like, and he's saying, like, I'm kind of retarded. Like, that's that's literally what this is right now. Yep. I love it. Fowder, Mr. Printer, Lord in the Knowing Ones, complain of my book. The first edition had no stops, and I put enough here that they may pepper and salt it as they please. Salt, salt, spelled S-O-O-T. Salt, S-O-O-T. Peeper and salt. Yeah, knowing was capital capitalized, but with an N, there was no K there. Yeah, he's definitely definitely illiterate. But regardless, uh, yeah, I thought that would be a I thought that would be a funny one to funny one to put in here. Yeah, wow, this guy just it it really just goes to show. We've always been it's... nuts. It, sometimes it pays to be stupid, so why should we stop now, boys? That's what I'm saying. Oh shit, man! I do, I do want to get a copy of uh, a pickle for knowing ones to put on my bookshelf, though. 
It's, you know what? It's such an incredible name. You know what it sounds like is that this guy didn't pick the wrong fucking orb. Yeah. This Thomas, Jeff- picks- Thomas, this Thomas Jefferson right also had a, had a, a pickle for knowing ones in the uh, presidential library when he was president. Of course he did. That's like having a copy of the documentary, quote-unquote documentary Endgame, in your presidential library. Or, like, Behold a Pale Horse. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but, like, I'm pretty sure at least one president between Bill Cooper's career and now has Behold a Pale Horse. I'm sure if Trump ever has a presidential library, Beyond a Pale Horse will make its way in there. Yeah. Oh, this dude dude also has, like... Yeah, he's not the one picking the books. This dude also had a friend. His name was Jonathan Plummer. Um, and he was just kind of like his like court jester or like a bard that followed him around and just like made up little fucking poems about him. See, um, that guy, that guy really knows what the hustle is like. Yeah, he I was mean, also he, he was also a fishmon- fishmonger and sold porn, so. Hey, man. All about that grind, I feel you. Yep, good for him. Abraham b- b- as did, and all the friends of mankind sings prasses that we are grat family of mankind now out of hell delured from the fire and smoke, burning forever. Sorry, I'm just Tyler's reading it now. A stroke, Justin. We need to. No, yeah, all right, time to wrap things. Yeah, before Tyler just gets you guys smell more burnt toast. God awful document. I need to hold them down. <laughs> He's already read too much. God, my arms it's like when they read going from the numb. Necronomicon and Evil Dead. Oh God, yeah, caught two for Nick too, everybody. Yeah, saw Evil Dead Rise. It was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, how was the wood right. chipper kill? The wood chipper kill was great. Awesome. That's all I need wood to know. Wood chipper kill was great. Woodchipper kill was great, but unfortunately there was there was an almost eye stuff situation, and you know. Oof, that's a rough one I'm, for me. I'm a fan of eye. Yeah, eye stuff is it's. it's tough. I'm a fan of eye stuff because it completely doesn't bother me at all, and it makes everyone else uncomfortable. Well, that's because so, you've had lasers in your eyes, Tyler. Yeah, and I've also ripped out both my corneas, so it's, it's like yeah, yeah you like chemically hand. burn them off. Yeah, yeah. Like you've done but, a lot of uh, damage to the eyes already. Yeah, she she tried to shove a tattoo, a running tattoo machine into somebody's eye. So. Ooh, that's hot. Yeah. Oh, that's hot. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna go before we before we stray even further. Oh, from t- the no wait. Before we're just before go ahead and call this before we do, Tyler taught me this really cool life hack, and I feel like we should share it with the audience. Oh boy. What you do yeah. is you go on one of those like Christian websites where they're like, like what's in this movie, and it's like gore, violence, and like they'll list the scenes, and they'll just tell oh. you. Does the dog like, die? Yeah, they'll just they'll give you like a brief synopsis of it, and Tyler basically uses it to find out if the kills are going to be interesting or not in a horror movie before he goes. Oh, that's smart. That's super smart. Like, yeah, because thanks, it's Tyler. full. Of, it's full of like trigger warnings, and it's like, is there gore? There is a scene with the wood chipper. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I want to know. Because that's literally the answer. Is like, is there gore? There's a scene with a wood chipper. Is they there used, blood? There's a scene with a wood chipper. They used seventy six hundred <laughs> gallons of blood to film not, that movie. I I saw they did an homage to The Shining, 
elevator mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to just see. It, it looks like they did a good job of mixing practical with CG, which is always what I'm harping on. So yep, uh, they did a good job. I I will. I am excited right. to watch it. Yeah. What the fuck? All right. Well, All thanks right. uh, for listening to another episode of Worst in the Industry, everybody. We will be back next week with something new, something fresh, something crispy. All and, right. Uh, yeah, you just tune on back in. All right. Later. Love y'all. Kisses. If I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Over one mil and it's still low. They all corporate, they all cute in suits. Yeah, on bullshit with all that poop to scoop. My shit going up. I go root to roof. They don't like that. They want mute the truth. They gon' switch sides. They go group to group. They want shoot the shit. Ain't got shit to shoot till I go crazy. Go and get the baby.